to Bears Beyond the Gate, a Bristol Bears podcast made by fans for fans. We're full season ticket holders at Ashton Gate who love the club, the game and all things Bears. So for a light-hearted take on Bristol's progress on and off the pitch this season, stay tuned. In this week's show, we talk about the new salary cap arrangements and what these mean for Bristol. We'll also discuss the Bears' new group of players and what impact they will have on the season and how will that season be played out. We'll end with a roundup of other news. I'm Tony, and this week I'm joined on the phone by Lee, Pete, and Miles for a cheeky beer and some rugby banter. Well, gentlemen, uh, great to be talking to you again. It's Wednesday, the 24th of June. Um, so it's been two and a half weeks, I think, since the last podcast. And how are we all in this glorious 30 plus degrees heat? Um, let's go to Miles first. Well, I mean, brilliant. I've had, I've had this is my third kind of tribute of the day. It's been so hot. I mean, I wouldn't normally drink midweek, but you know, the, the, why not? <laughs> so, so all, all good, fellas. All good. And, and Lee, how's things with you? Same boat as Miles. I think like, on a school night we don't normally uh, have a beer, do we? But um, it's certainly. I mean, it's thirty degrees, mate. You know, so you it'd be. You just can't not have a beer, can you? So, so we're all having a beer. What about our new fitness guru, um, Press Up Pete? Um, I'm assuming you're still living the healthy life. Well, that's true, Tony. Uh, I am actually drinking a beer, but at least I deserve to drink one because I've just finished my 25 days of Press Ups with Pete and I've just been to an outdoor spin class. <laughs> outdoor spin, is that just called cycling? Yeah, well, I didn't go anywhere. It was like cycling on the spot. But, you know, workout. I should give a, a, a shout out to a good old BS3 institution, Workout Gym. They've, they've worked hard and tireless, tirelessly to keep uh, the good folk of BS3 fit. So, uh, yeah, so I feel, boys, you know, I've, I've actually earned the right to drink a beer. But anyway, let's move on. You can right. feel in that way, Pete. Good, good thing. Uh, just, just on the press-ups, Pete. Um, mm. Now... Yeah. There's been some controversy online saying that, uh, in fact, you tried to shortchange people by only doing 24 out of the 25. Could you confirm that? Well, I did. I did. I thought I'd done my 25 and I was full of it and I'd done my last one and gave it the big I am. And then I went back through the videos and realised I'd only done 24 and I identified there was a missing day between the Thecla and uh, and Dame Emily Park, the Dina. So I thought, what am I going to do? I'm going to have to go and pick one of the iconic institutions of Bristol to do my final one. And lo and behold, I went to Asda Bedminster Park car park this morning and did a... Hey. <laughs> I saw Lee there. I saw Lee hanging around at six in the morning. I don't know what he was doing there. Classy. I'm just, classy. Getting, I'm just getting diesel, I promise. But, um, but the one thing that disappointed me and all that thing, I, I'll just sum this up, but... I didn't see you in Wittywood, though, Pete. You know, if you want it real Bristolian, you've got to be knocking up I, on Bishop Avenue I, at some point during those 25 I, days, surely. I, I totally agree with you, which is why I think that press-ups with Pete hasn't finished. I think it could, it could widen the scope of other parts of Bristol. So keep your eyes skinned, boys. There could be more. Well, there we are. I, I think our listeners will be on their edge of their seats with uh, anticipation. <laughs> but let's let's get back to rugby. So, uh, as I said, just over two and a bit weeks since we last talked. Uh, and since then, we have had the new salary cap uh, details announced. Uh, clearly, Lansdowne and Bristol Bears went all out to try and keep the salary cap where it was and uh, the two marquee players. Uh, and we've ended up with... Um, a unanimous agreement to reduce the cap 
Um, but there's some interesting little twists in it. So, um, and and I think you know one of the things after to after Saracens was let's try and make things clear and simple and straightforward. Uh, and we've reduced the cap and then straight away thrown in this, actually, if you've got an existing contract that runs uh, into the reduced period, uh, you only have to put 75% towards the cap. Um, Pete, your, your thoughts on that? Well, I'm a bit, uh, I'm a bit, I, I find it, I'm not, I'm not sure what I think. Um, I feel a bit conflicted by it, Tony, like you've identified. I think, um, you know, clearly... The COVID situation, you know, caused a rethink. Um, clearly, there are a lot of clubs that were worse off than the Bears that were pushing for a, a kind of more sustainable situation for them, i.e. cut the salary. And obviously, we, or the other end, sort of using a slightly ideological idea, which I agreed with, which is like, you know, at the time of crisis, if you go back into the bunker, you're not going to grow the game. Um, and obviously... It seems a little bit like there's been a compromise on that. Um, and of course, if that means we can retain some of our players, good players, you know, under this new thing and essentially not change our squad, then obviously we're all going to be very happy. But there's a little bit of me banging away thinking, have we just found another loophole in a situation where we're not supposed to have a loophole? So, yeah, I'm conflicted, Tony. Yeah. Lee, Lee what are your thoughts? And um, I, I suppose we've uh, kept the two marquee players, certainly to, to the end of their contracts, Piatau and Radrada. Um, but there is about the only thing that's going to become permanent is the reduction um, to one marquee player. Um, uh, that seems to be the the long term permanent change. What, what's your thoughts about that and the marquee players? Well, I mean, I I agree with Pete totally. I think there's been a you know they they've obviously and we all agree that this it does need reform without a doubt. It needs to be much more transparent. But I think that, that since the announcement's been made, I don't know. It's I just get the impression that all the clubs have been doing you know doing the juggling act behind the doors and I'm not quite sure it's really going to have that much effect on anything and and I know that obviously all all teams were unanimous but Lansdowne was quite specific on this being a temporary thing so I think that's quite important for me uh, so obviously it's only going to be to what a 20 22-23 season, isn't it? I think it's a bit, and obviously, bit, bit, bit after that. But yeah, it's about two, is it two or three seasons that it'll have? Two, two or three seasons, yeah. And then obviously Lansdowne is quite insistent that it goes back to to what our norm is now. Um, I don't know, I just think there's a lot of, uh, uh, there's a lot of muddy water in it for me. Um, and I can't really make a lot of sense of it. I mean, I just hope that Obviously, it doesn't affect the the Premiership uh, per se. You know, in terms of um, being a competitive league, you know, across the board. So, but yeah, we just have to see, really, don't we? And Miles, you're a man that's used to dealing in the millions um, with your your wealthy background. Uh, how do you see it? Is it is it something that you think is going to benefit the the game in the long term? This this reduction for two to three seasons or are we just going to see the those that have the money get stronger and, and those that are struggling uh, fall further behind 
Well, I, yeah, I think we are, Tony. I mean, as you know, we, we're quite lucky as Bear fans, aren't we? We've got one of the sort of richest men in the UK as the owner of our club. Um, and, you know, we sort of stand there, standing, you know, people harp on about when we make signings. They go, oh, salary cap, salary cap. And we all sound all righteous and say, oh, no, it's the market signings, etc. So, yeah, I mean, Steve Lansdowne, he wrote an excellent piece, didn't he, saying that we don't want to, you know, devalue the league in Europe. But he's obviously had to compromise because there are clubs, you know, in a far worse financial state than Bristol Bears. And we've had to compromise. So, yeah, I think we, when it goes back to seven plus million in a few years' time, yeah, a few clubs could just maybe fall by the wayside. But, yeah, you know, we're quite lucky we really have got a very rich owner. I mean, the thing is, even in, even in a compromise, you're still going to have richer clubs and poorer clubs. I mean, that's it's always going to happen, isn't it? it you know, yeah. the, the the thing is, you tr- we're trying to find a balance between you know all the sides, but you know, ultimately, I know we do say that we're lucky to have um, Lansdowne as as an owner, but you know, ultimately, we we do seem to have a good business plan as well, a good business model, as we as. Pete has, has mentioned numerous times before on the pod. But, so, I mean, to, sorry, go on, carry on. Well, just saying, it's just listening to you, you're both right. I mean, it strikes me there's two kind of, kind of contradictory issues going on here. It is one thing is the idea of the salary cap per se is to not have big differences between teams so you have a competitive league, hence why you know Saracens were always winning because they cheated. So you know, it, it's a difficult one because we, we we want Bristol to be brilliant all the time and win all the time. But really, the whole point of the salary cap is that you don't have a premiership football situation with Man City and Man United, Liverpool always winning. But on the other hand, so therefore reducing it to five million is kind of, you know, I can see they're trying to do it, make it, you know, the reality of the situation is to keep the league competitive. We're going to have to to make sure that everybody's competitive. And unfortunately, that means reducing it. But on the say, on the other hand, the, the other side of the coin is it's going to reduce the Premiership's competitiveness exactly. in the wider competitions yeah. in Europe. So it's yeah. it's kind of like a nightmare scenario that, unfortunately, the coronavirus has probably has precipitated because just before this, you know, with the miners' report, you know, there was a kind of you know there was a feeling that yeah we we want to be competitive and we want to be good as a Premiership, and it's all kind of gone by the wayside. And and and, and this is why I'm conflicted. I kind of understand I want my club to be brilliant and have great players and do well in Europe but is that do we want to have a premiership football ridiculous situation where you're always going to have the top clubs because that's basically what we just had with Saracens and then we wanted to get rid of it so difficult times yeah I think one of the other things that have come up uh, you know with this debate is um, I mean, it's never really gone away is it for the last couple of years but ring fencing um, and, oh, now, now, and now does it make it more likely now to about about a month ago we asked our um, followers on Twitter um, the following question ring fencing the premiership with the financial um, issues facing rugby as a result of COVID-19 how do you feel now about ring fencing so this was about three or four weeks ago and the the, the options that we gave people were I remain in favour I've switched to being in favour I've switched to being against and I remain against so the we had 34% of people remain in favour but interestingly 18% now have switched in favour 
uh, 1% switched against and 47% remain against. Now, certainly anecdotally talking to Bears fans, the majority um, while the season was happening and playing um, seemed to be against and that would be borne out by these statistics really. It looks like the the balance has been switched now. Um, I know it's not a huge poll, but certainly overall 52% now in favour of ring fencing and 48% against. So that, that that's the future. We'll, you know, no doubt it, uh, it will rear its head in the, the coming months um, as, as rugby does start again. And hopefully it does start on the 15th of August. Um, but as we talked about in the last podcast, there was a, um, they haven't really told us what the structure of the season is going to be. Um, and um, it's interesting since we were last on air that the Pro 14 have come out now uh, and said they're going to finish their season, but they're not going to play all the remaining games. There will be two derby games between uh, clubs in the same country, and then they'll go straight into the playoffs. And let me come to Miles first. Um, do you think we're going to see something similar to that with the Premiership? Or do you think uh, the clubs um, and BT Sport maybe will be financially so pressed that they'll they'll want to play all nine remaining games and the playoffs? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I get the impression that, you know, BT Sport kindly paid out the remaining money to the Premiership, didn't they? So they're going to want uh, value for money, i.e. TV audiences. So for them as a business, yeah, they'll want all nine rounds. Um, you know, this, there's been talk of um, aligning the season with the Southern, southern Hemisphere, but there's a sticking point with our friends over in France who said, no, no, no. Uh, they're not. They're not happy with that idea at all. Uh, and, and I don't know if the PRL are, are, are to be honest with you. I, I think it's. I think it's too many matches to now squeeze in before the end of the season. And as potentially, we. I know. You know. There's. There's. There's hope that, that the one meter plus rule means we may get back at the stadium by the end of the season. But the big cherry on the cake for the end of the Premiership is the playoffs. And if you're not able to fill Twickenham with 80,000 people, what is the point? You know, I think a shortened league, do away with the playoffs, whoever's first finishes first. And yeah, I I think a slightly shorter season, but I'm not sure in what format they need. Okay. um... Tony, can I just ask, how many many games would that mean the Pro 14 teams play in? Well, I, I believe they've had 13 rounds already, so those results would count. Then there'll be the two derby games. The results of those would count. Um, and then they'd go into the playoffs based on uh, the respective position in each one of the two conferences that make up the Pro 14. Okay. So... I uh, mean, the only way... I mean, I, I do... I disagree slightly with Miles, but I, I think the only way that we could possibly do it is to split it into like a top six or a top eight. Um, and then... And then those teams play off, like like Pete said, and he'll keep uh, he'll keep reminding us of this years and years ago, um, like a round robin type of tournament. Um, I think I do agree with Miles in the in the form that we do have to shorten the season down because otherwise, if we don't and everyone else is doing it, then everything's going to be out of sync again, isn't it? So there, there does need to be some sort of format which is all very identical, and obviously we've got the Challenge Cup as well and the 
European Cups because those dates are already set, aren't they? They are, yes. Yeah. yeah. Pete, any I, thoughts I mean, from your point? point yeah, yeah, I just, I mean, the problem with shortening the season is because there's no relegation to play, to worry about, there's no, if you shorten a few games, there's no kind of incentive for whatever, Leicester or whatever, who are right at the bottom. You know, if they only get a certain number of games and, and, and if mathematically they can't actually get anywhere, like in the top six because it's shortened, kind of like well, there's no point to it. So well, I don't, I don't know. getting in the top six anyway, Pete. But, but if they had nine, yeah, but if they played all nine, but what I'm saying is if they play, you know, they might still think, you know, I've got nine more games. I could be yeah. get in the top six. But if you say, oh, no, we're going to have like one derby game, you're going to play Northampton twice and that's it. It's like, well, there's no worry of relegation. It's not like they've got an incentive, to, which they might have done in a normal season, because if there was a team on the bottom at the moment, they would like think, oh, yeah, right, you know, I've got a chance of getting off the bottom. So, yeah. I don't know, it's just really, I think, that, I think the big issue is just the lack of any kind of plan at the moment. And, you know, and I think it's, it's a wider issue that I don't think Premiership Rugby as an organisation has come out of this situation recently with much credit. I mean, there's a lot of, you know, there's been a lot of debate about who's in charge. I mean, you know, the clubs making statements about the players and the players' union making statements. And, and, you know, the whole kind of structure, the governance at the moment, seems to be a bit all over the place, which makes me worry that when the plan, the planning that we get is going to be some sort of half-baked nonsense that's only going to be based on just fulfilling a few games for TV. I think, uh, I think, so I don't know. Are you saying that's what the Pro 14 have done in effect? Though? Well, I mean, I suppose the Pro 14, I mean, like, are there any teams that have got no chance of getting in the playoffs? Then, you know, in this, in this situation, there must be. So, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I don't know. It's, it's really difficult because you've got to balance out the kind of the nature of competitive sport. It's a, it's a job for players and coaches. So they've got to get back to work. But at the same time, there is a kind of, you know, there has there is a purpose to these things that, you know, in terms of winning, and then, and then there's TV that want to. So I don't know. It's a, it's a difficult one. I mean, I, I suppose the only thing we've got going for us is that football started again, and you know, we've got other things to look at and try and kind of emulate. Yeah. I mean, if 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 you were asking me personally, I'd I'd want to play every single game that we can just because we love watching rugby, yeah. don't we? But if that means that everything then is out of sync with the rest of Europe um, in terms of the calendar and the seasons, um, I mean, it's, then, it's, it's, sorry, right. and then it, it needs to marry up for, in some degree, yeah. doesn't it? Oh, it's turned into a total, a kind of a perfect storm, isn't it? You know, one yes, is the yeah. Saracens issue, which has kind of clouded the season because there's no relegation. Then we get the, the coronavirus. Then we get, like, France deciding to bin it straight away. Pro 14 <laughs> yeah. doing something else. Premiership dithering around. I mean, it's it's like a perfect storm for a. It's a bit of an omnishambles, really. Well, um, it is. It's, it's like a doctor's handwriting at the moment, isn't it? Well, one <laughs> one of the things one of the things I, I it's interesting, and we'll we'll talk about this in a second. That you know, we know the new players, the the Sinclairs, the Earls, the Malins are already uh, ensconced in in Bristol. Um, and in fact, the two Saracens boys that we've got on loan, Saracens have released them early, so um, they can start with the rest of the squad. Um, and actually, do we, as Bristol Bears fans, do do we want nine games? Um, because you think the team we're going to put out with Red Rider, Sinclair, um, you know, Earl, potentially Malins. Um, actually, 
in nine games and knowing the form that we were on, could, could we actually finish top of this league? Well, oh, oh, without could a doubt we could. Without a doubt we could. You know, you, you would have said, oh, I, you know, I'm, I'm a huge, huge fan, but I, I wouldn't have seen us catching Exeter if the season had continued along the normal lines. Yeah. But actually, with the, with the, the quality of player that we, we've, we've got in, um, and I think the stability in the Bristol Bears squad, because, um, you know, I think there's been a lot of unity around Pat and, um, you know, the, 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 the taking the pay cut. You know, could, could we have an outside chance of getting that top slot? Um, well, we have definitely 100% uh, enhanced the squad, haven't we? I mean, there's no question about that with the signings we've made. Um, oh, yeah, we could. I mean, you know, it's just whether we can you know, fit all the games in in the time that we've got. Um, and I, do you know what? I'm still, and I know I said it a couple of weeks ago, I'm still, like, I've got everything crossed that we could still actually get down the gate and watch some rugby, to be honest. And especially if the, if we can go down to a, you know, a metre plus rule. Um, yeah, season season card orders could fit into Ashton Gate, yeah, more than comfortably, Definitely. couldn't we? Oh well, hang on a minute, Lee. We've already paid for a cardboard cutout of you, so so you so you can't go, mate. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least it would stay in the ground a bit longer. Yeah, <laughs> this is true. But the problem is us. I mean, what you know, as we know, Saracens have completely skewed the whole season as it is. I mean, what do we feel about the, you know all the teams having to play Saracens? They've got they're going to have a massively depleted squad, aren't they? Um, and then knowing they're going down, I mean, it's, 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 it's even more farcical, really, that all these teams... Are, we've got Saracens at home to contend with, haven't we? I mean, yeah. we, should, we should at least win it because we've got two of their players now. But And then what I mean, about I, I, big, big Andy up in Gloucester? I mean, they've gone in the opposite direction to, to, to us, haven't they? Yeah, I mean, Gloucester would be clinging on to the position they've got at the moment, wouldn't they, to be yeah. honest? But, yeah, well, absolutely. I mean, I, I think, mean, a lot has know, changed, hasn't it, since the beginning of lockdown with regards to squads and, and directors of rugby. It's it's a funny old time for, for, for the Premiership. It uh, is. That's why we need, we need to find a, a happy medium between everything, don't we? I mean, it is far school, and I agree that, you know, that whichever side you look at it, there's going to be something which is going to be completely absurd. But eventually, we just all have to accept a bit of um, absurdity and... and crack on with the season really well, one, of, one, of, one of the interesting things for me now and this is around the Saracens issue is uh, you know we're here talking about uh, you know if we restart the season on the 15th of August do we play you know a full nine rounds and you know with playoffs um, you know that's going to take us in, in into November but of course every other league below the Premiership was curtailed uh, and my understanding certainly is that they're, they're not going to shift at all the amateur game um, isn't going to shift um, it's only the Premiership that might shift its calendar so um, if the Championship starts in mid-September with Saracens in it and they're still trying to finish the Premiership till the end of October start of November with Saracens <laughs> in it um, <laughs> Work that one out. Tony, 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 you've complicated matters even more. <laughs> Brilliant. How? It just goes to show they should have blooming shouldn't have cheated, should they? Yeah, but it's their own fault. It's the, it's the, they are the architects of their own downfall. But, but, and, but they've contributed now to a complete shamozzle. 
They have, and and the thing is, they can't even really field an, an A or a B team because they've got neither really, have they? Because all the A team are, have shot off somewhere else, and the B team are like after them are on loan with us or signed with other teams. I mean, I know this is obviously we're going off tracks. The last thing, but I mean, Ealing Trailfinders are snapping up a few good players mm. as well, aren't they? They it's are. No guarantee that Saracens might even, you know, Ealing. I reckon Ealing have looked at it and thought we're going to go for it. Big push. Well, you, Big push yeah. you, you boys scoffed at me. Was it two or three months ago when yeah, it, of course, when it when it all happened? And I said, I just don't think Saracens are guaranteed, one hundred percent guaranteed to bounce straight back up. And Did we scoff. You, you did. It was when we had the. Yeah, we did. We, you, I scoffed. I did scoff. Um, but you look at the players that they've lost now. This complication with you know when does the championship season start and when does the premiership end? And you're absolutely right, uh, Pete. Ealing are bringing in a lot of seasoned premiership players with that top level experience, um, and I, I think they're going to give Saracens quite a run for their money. It's true, actually. So we did also scoff when you said that Bristol might sign, um, what's his name, Finn Russell, and uh, and it was confirmed that, that he had no intention of joining <laughs> Bristol a few months ago. Wasn't it? <laughs> and anyway, I can't, I can't, I can't say too much about Tony and Elin because obviously you boys remember the story at Elin Trailfinders, don't you? So, uh, no, 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 no comment from me. There we are. That, that, that's one for another date. But it's interesting because if we do have this knock-on of the season into uh, into November, uh, I've seen in a couple of reports in in the papers that uh, a kind of compromise for this aligned season uh, for northern and sub- southern hemispheres might be a December through to July top flight season um, because clubs I think want to keep and we talked about this on the last podcast those those big games over Christmas those those money making games um, but potentially you know the whole Covid thing might push us anyway into um, top flight rugby um, season starting in December so uh, we, we will have to um, Contend with that. Um, so let's maybe let's not revisit that because we did talk about it at some some length uh, in the last podcast. So you're listening to Bears Beyond the Gate, a Bristol Bears podcast made by fans for fans. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, Buzzsprout, and many more platforms. If you like what you hear, please leave a review or rating for the show. You can contact us with your comments and ideas by email at bearsbeyondthegate at gmail.com. On Twitter, we're Bears Beyond Gate, and on Facebook, you can like and follow our Bears Beyond the Gate page. Now, Lee, I think it was you that um, put onto our WhatsApp group uh, a rather nice picture of some rather nice training wear that uh, Bristol City uh, have uh, promoted with their uh, new partnership with Hummel. Um, And the gear looked absolutely great. Um, But surprisingly enough... We've heard zip about Umbro, who I believe take over as our official kit supplier um, next Wednesday. <laughs> so do we see this as the bright new beginning um, or, you know, is it the same old, same old where, you know, the Bears seem to be playing second fiddle in the Bristol sport hierarchy um, and um, we, we've had no news whatsoever? Yeah, I mean, 
you, you know, just going back to the Hummel kits, I mean, everyone knows that I'm a Spurs fan. And the first, um, apart from the original, you know, kit before sponsorships and that Hummel kit that Spurs had in 82, uh, I've just, I've always loved, um, sorry, it was 86, I think. I've always loved Hummel kits. I've just loved the design of them. And City have absolutely nailed it, I think, this year. Um um, so well done to them um, and yeah we're still waiting um, and I don't know I, I think I don't think this is going to be another bubble gate um, I certainly think that Bristol Sport have learned their lessons from from all that nonsense that we've had previously um, but it does beg the question that the home and away shirts are still 40 quid uh, each in a club shop um, now I know we've still got some potential wear left of those um, those shirts, yeah, but where is the the announcement? Where is the potential? Um, I've not even seen any, uh, you know, potential viewings of what the kit might look like. So, you know, it, it does it does seem bizarre that obviously we're at the same point in the season with City, and yet they're announcing third, second, and third shirts and training wear, and we've we've still got the home and away the old home and away shirt still in the in the club shop and what do you boys think well is it is it just the training wear that city have introduced lee there's no, it's not the actual player strip change has it is 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 the yeah it's the training wear at the moment but obviously i've seen um like the the kind of designs that are um, yeah. projected for the season um you know but at least it kind of that feels like it's moving forward but obviously yeah. on you know it, it doesn't it, but there was the announcement with Umbro and we were all really excited because obviously, you know, it's an amazing company. They've, they've got it absolutely nailed, haven't they, Umbro? And, and it was an amazing PR statement. It was, yeah. uh, we, we dissected the uh, marketing statement with Tony, didn't we? About we did, yeah. Driving the brand forward and aligning with the philosophy of the Bristol Bears. But unfortunately, <laughs> as in life... Nothing means anything unless you can actually see something. So, and obviously, we've been driving. We've obviously run out of petrol or diesel, well, haven't we? Or electric, I wonder, possibly. I do wonder, but I mean, it, it's an it's an irony, really, that in that with the lack of any live competitive rugby, the the concerns of when our new kit is arriving has, has heightened its uh, importance to, and this is, we, is number one on the agenda. We just want some positivity, don't we? We just want yeah. something to look forward to. Let's face it. I'll tell you what, though, boys. Let's give some positivity. Do you know what came through the post this week for my press yeah. with Pete? Hey, hang on a minute. Your you, 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 you little uh, string vest from Nathan Hughes. For Nathan Hughes, Sweet City. I got the DJ Williams. Large. Oh, nice. I've got say, boys, having done these press-ups, large is a little bit tight, I've got to say. But um, I tell you what, can, in the absence of that. any bloody umbro... Let's get bloody Sweet City down there. I mean, he, he, Nathan has launched a clothing range within a couple of months and he's yeah. like delivering for Bristol. Umbro haven't produced anything yet. So I'm saying, I'm saying let's forget about Umbro. Let's get Sweet City NH in there. Sweet you know what? I, I, would have, I would have ordered a medium for myself, but obviously I don't really want Big Nave to know my address because after Kebab Gate, you know, I don't think that he would just be delivering a top off for me. <laughs> anyway... Sorry, Tony. That was a that was an irreverent aside. No, there is an element of truth in the fact that you know <laughs> that the only bit of Bristol Bears merchandise, new merchandise that has appeared, has been a load of uh, of, of vest shirts from our number eight. 
Yeah, and I think the t- Nathan's t-shirts and hoodies are on the way as well. So they are. Uh, he's, he's loving it. I mean, he's obviously. I hope he's been doing some fitness training as well. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. you, do, you do wonder, boys, whether, the, you know, the, the sort of, I hate to say, it, the ineptitude of Bristol Sport means that we're going to be stuck with that same kit potentially for these next nine rounds and then maybe they just, you know, put things back a little bit with Umbro and I, that'll come I, in maybe for the new season. I, like, I, yeah. I think almost certainly that's what's going to happen, Miles. Yeah, and sh- I think, Miles, you should be qualify that phrase, the ineptitude of Bristol Sport, in this particular very small context of the kit, whereas they've been doing some fantastic work in the community and stuff like that, actually, during the lockdown. So we need to make sure that, you know, we yeah. recognise that. Yeah. I can, I can care that there's slight mishaps with kit. That, that's all I'm, all, I, all I'm unhappy about, yeah. Everything else has been so superb. Yeah. This is this is what the listeners have missed, though, Pete. You know, I mean, Miles, he comes on, abuses everyone, and then just pops off. We might not see him for another four weeks. So <laughs> this is comedy gold. Uh, now, now we're allowed to stay away. I'm off to my French chateau next week. <laughs> <laughs> right. Talking of French chateaus, let's uh, let's talk about our dear friends down the road in Bath. Um, now, I think lots of season ticket holders I've seen on social media, lots of Bristol Bears season ticket holders have been asking what's going to happen uh, as far as this season, season's tickets, um, and whether you know what whether the club are going to refund or whether there'll be credits. And I don't know if you've seen Bath announced, I think it was last week, what they're doing. And I think they've, they've come up with a pretty interesting scheme. For So um, for those people that haven't seen, they've given season ticket holders four options. Uh, option one is to keep a credit on their account, which they can use for um, the renewal of season tickets next year. Uh, They can gift the remaining money to the club. They can donate to the Bath Rugby Foundation or they can ask for a refund. But I think the interesting thing that they've done, uh, quite clever as well, really, is that you don't have to just take one of those options. So you can decide maybe to um, put 50% as a credit for renewing next year and then donate 50% to the the Rugby Foundation. So you can choose how much of the money, uh, the credit that's left, um, uh, how to take it between those four options. Um, I thought that was quite a good scheme. Uh, let, me, let me come to Miles. What, what, are you, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think that's really clever, actually, to give all four options. I mean, uh, I mean, personally, I think people would agree that we, you know, from a Bears point of view, we pay happy to just leave our credit and roll it over to the next season. But, um, yeah, I do like the fact that you've been able to sort of gift some of it to the Rugby Foundation. Fair play, some of it's going back to the club. So, yeah, for once, well done, Bath, yeah. Yeah, and one of the other things, Pete, I know because Bath are close to your heart with all the the time that you spent in their employ, um, they've also come out and said they're they're freezing their um, uh, season ticket prices for next year. So do you think that's something that we're likely to see at Ashton Gate? Well, uh, if I can respectfully disagree with you and Miles, is to coin a phrase, I think they've gone a bit early, haven't they? Because... We don't know what's happening to the rest of this season. So what if somebody gives in their season ticket and then there's another nine games they can't go to? So I I just wonder whether it it does sound very nice, but it's based on not knowing what the hell's going on with the season. Um, And I do. I think that's why Bristol haven't haven't announced anything yet, because they are literally waiting for an announcement to find out what 
you know, what potentially is going to happen for the rest of the season before they even um, talk about it. And, and to be honest, if they if the salary cap's being reduced and they, they've got less salaries, they should be freezing their um, season tickets, shouldn't they? Because, I mean, you you know, if, you're, if, if your operating costs are going to go down, it's going to look a bit... A bit dodgy if you put your season ticket prices up. But yeah, but if you can only get half the number of people in the in the stadium, then their costs have gone up. Well, haven't they? But, but again, I mean, I I, I I think it's a bit like um, you know, I'm sorry, I know it's not a political show, but it's a bit like saying we're going to get all the primary school kids back in before the summer term, and then suddenly realising it can't happen. So, I, I, whilst I admire that maybe they're being quite proactive, are they being a little bit? Pro proactive and actually jumping the gun before the gun's gone off. Or, or the cons- I, I mean, or- I, I I agree, but I think the heart is in the right place at least. And that, yeah, like Tony yeah. said, I think they're they're good options, aren't they? All four options are are good, and um, mm. you know, I guess like it probably is. They probably have gone early on it, but at least they've kind of come out and and you know, at least done something. I guess you sense, fans you sense, kind of mull over. Sense, do you sense I might have been a little overly harsh just to try and address the balance? <laughs> a little bit. Well, I, I, I just I kind of think you're Tony you, Dick. Yeah, I, 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 yeah. I think you're you're trying to make up for the obviously the old bath. Um, you know the past history, mate, aren't you? That's the trouble, mate. I'm just saying it as I see. <laughs> well, I mean the the conspiracy theory might well be that uh, yes, they have gone early with this, um, but it does look like an excellent scheme. They've given people to the 31st of July to decide what options they have but um, is it quite clever so you get all the credits sorted out and the donations back to the club and then say oh and by the way if you want to watch Bath live games on TV you're going to have to pay £15 a game because are we well, going to oh, clever or not? Well, you're going to lose a lot of fans if you do that, though. Aren't you? Well, potentially, but diehard season ticket holders are they going to say, "Well, well, yeah, I'll pay, yeah, I'll pay, pay that." It. They will, yeah. Because you know, I mean, City have done the same with the football, haven't they? I mean, if you're not a season card holder, because you get codes, don't you, to to watch the um, the games live on TV? But if you haven't got that, it's ten pound a game. But that was announced when it was known that there was going to be nine more games, championship yeah. games, and, and, and it was a clear platform. It's like you, you you carry on, you get all these for free, a free uh, Chris Robbins TV, or you do, it was like a legacy and a legacy plus, and mm. then there was a kind of give it back that you've got to pay mm. to watch the games. But yeah, I mean, I, 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 I tell you, you're right. It's innovative, I agree. It, it makes us look, I mean, basically ours is kind of, Virtually, well, we haven't got anything, <laughs> so it's, we don't know anything. Um, other clubs, but I guess clubs are, you know, there may be some method in Bristol's silence. I don't know. Um, but we will, uh, one thing's for sure, we will find out fairly soon at some point we'll what's going to happen. Out in due course. Now, um, earlier in the show, uh, I think we were talking, who was it talking about Leicester and not having anything to play for? Uh, me. That was, that was you, it was, it was me. <laughs> oh, it, it, well, you know, if if we do have nine games left, have they pulled a blinder and just signed someone who I think it would be fair to say is a bit of a magician? Um, who, who spotted Paul that? Daniels. Who spotted the Leicester signing earlier today? 
That was you, Lee. I, I did spot it, and it, it yes, it did make me laugh. And can you tell well, can you tell the listeners who Leicester have signed for next season? So Leicester have signed the world-renowned. I don't even know what position he plays in, but the wizard Harry Potter. <laughs> Yeah, that's the what new signing. They, they've what signed a signing. They've signed a Harry Potter for next season. Um, I think he's a seeker, isn't he? With the the Quidditch. Well, it does. Yeah, no, he was the seeker. Well, this is worries me. It's 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 like getting someone from rugby league and taking a gamble that they'll be able to adapt to rugby union, and it's even worse taking somebody from Quidditch and getting them to. I mean, for a start, he's got to realise that the whole game is played with his feet on the ground. Um, there's no broomstick involved and I mean the, the boys the coaches have got a lot of work to do in a short amount of time haven't they so do you think Tigers potentially could be championship material then this year well I, I mean Harry yeah. Potter Harry Potter turned a lot of perilous situations right round didn't he when the odds were stacked against him so uh, but it also you know if, if the Potter franchise has come to an end uh, you know which other uh, members of the um, the kind of Hogwarts squad might might be signing for um, for other Premiership clubs. I mean, has anybody given any thought to that? Lee, who, who do you who do you see? I, I knew you were going to ask. I knew you were going to ask me first because I have to admit, Harry Potter isn't my thing. It never has been my thing, and I really only know one character. But I know he's going to be, he would be brilliant in the front row for Quinns. And I reckon Hagrid is going to be the next signing. Ooh, he's, he's a tall lad. Would he be more second row, do you think? Well, I, I reckon because obviously, I, if I remember rightly, Quinns have got um, in the front row, they've got um, a position available, haven't they? So it, I reckon he's, I reckon he's in there, mate. Isn't Hagrid already playing for Exeter in the front row? Big Harry, Big Harry Williams. <laughs> What about you, Miles? Who, who can you see uh, turning out? Well, in we could, you know, well, I don't know. I mean, you know, a, a little cheeky wing like Ron, Ron Beasley wouldn't go miss, would they, really? Beasley? <laughs> <laughs> no, mate, you've got it wrong. The Weasley brothers will be at sale, won't they? Because you, that's what they do. They sign members of the same family. So, as well as the, uh, well as the, the South Africans, you're going to have yeah. the, we, the elder Weasley twins playing and, and, and you know, the twins as well and a little Ron right. a little Ron Weasley will be he'll be taken over from Faf the Clerk when he goes away um, <laughs> so Sale is obviously where the Weasleys and then you've got Ginny Weasley will be the physio at Sale so <laughs> they, they love to keep it in the family and then even Mr Weasley could be Steve Diamond's um, you know he works for the Ministry of Man he could be Steve Diamond's uh, second hand man and Mrs Weasley <laughs> Should be, uh, you know, should be the tea lady. Yeah. Oh. So the reason that's That's a bit sexist. But, boys, but Tony, Tony, what about you? What about? I mean, have you given some thought? You must have given some thought to this. But who would Bristol sign? Who, who would the Bears sign? Who, who would the Bears sign? Well, if Potter's gone, you know, obviously he's the the marquee signing. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I, I, I don't know actually. Who who would you? Neville want? Longbottom. I, I don't think we we probably want Neville. No. Um, well, we're we're painted as the pantomime villains now in uh, yeah. lots of places. So do, do we get Lord Voldemort just to? Uh, well, add, add, well, that's a bit. I was thinking more Professor Snape. Uh, had a bit of uh, toughness to uh, and scare the opposition, but uh, I think one thing, things for certain that um, probably Hermione Granger will will turn up at Bath. And, and, and also, I think we should also recognise the fact that Sir Pat of Lambshire is clearly Albus Dumbledore. And he's starting to look a bit like Dumbledore as well, if you've seen any social media stuff. His <laughs> yeah. hair is growing. But the Grand I'm, Wizard with the big picture. There could be no one looking forward to the barbers opening more than Pat at the moment, I have to admit. <laughs> Well, thank, thanks for that. And I, I just uh, let, let me apologise to any listeners out there that aren't um, Harry Potter fans for... Um, oh, they, are, they are now. ...persevering with us. Um, they're probably all on Wikipedia now trying to find out what the hell we've been talking about. Uh, but that's it for this week. Gentlemen, as ever, it's been an absolute pleasure speaking to the three of you. And uh, with the announcement that um, bars are, uh, and pubs are going to open from the fall of July with the, the, the measures in place. Maybe, just maybe, it won't be too long before we can all get together in person, have a beer and talk about Bristol Bears. So until next time, thanks for listening. See you soon.